Before we dive in today's episode, I want to take a moment and introduce Dev Connell to y'all. I first connected with her on Threads and honestly loved the rich bitch identity. So Dev is a mentor for women who are building businesses, but specifically for women who have a burning desire to live a wealthy, extraordinary life. She has built a six-figure brand around rich bitch identity and combines the work she implemented to completely transform her own life with business sales and social media strategy. This episode today is full of so much goodness. We talk about how she started her own business, coming to a crossroads, pivoting, and what is coming for her. In addition, we always talk books and there are some very unpopular opinions inside of today's episode. If you haven't, make sure you check out the show notes below and grab her free gift and also follow her on Instagram. And without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome back to Salesy. I have a special guest for y'all today and you may already know her as the social manifesto on Instagram, but Dev, welcome to the show. Thanks, Megan. So happy to be here. So excited to have you here. So obviously, we're going to start off with the first question everybody has. How did you get into online entrepreneurship? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of a lengthy story, so I'll keep it kind of short for you. I'll give you like the SparkNotes version. Um, but I graduated school. I wanted to be a vet. That was like my dream. So I graduated with a degree in zoology, which like a lot of people might not know about me. I love animals. And after college, I started working at an animal hospital. I was a surgical technician, loved the OR, like also I think kind of surprises people. They think I'm this like dainty city girl and I'm totally not like I'm, I'm right in there with all of that stuff. So I was a surgical technician, but it wasn't paying the bills. So I got a quote unquote real job selling rental cars. Don't ask me why. I don't even know what I was thinking at the time, um, but I started selling rental cars. I got a job. I think I thought it was a real job because I was earning a salary. Like I wasn't making an hourly wage anymore. I actually had like a fixed income. So I was like, here we go. Moving on up in the world. Like your girl has a salary. Um, and I made it a whopping three months because I one wanted to die and two COVID. So I was furloughed. And then I just had all this time on my hands and I was making like a little bit of weak ass unemployment, but I mostly had just time and I was still really broke. So I was like, okay, I'm going to use this time to make some money. Right. And towards the end of selling rental cars in that short period of time, I started kind of exploring things. I started making candles and I was like, maybe this is like a little side hustle I could do. I sold one candle to like, I'm pretty sure it was my mom's friend, Um, but basically introduced me to like, okay, I think I can sell things online. So then COVID came and I had all this time. I had a little more time to think I wasn't as like um, desperate, I guess you could say. And I started thinking about things that I was passionate about and ended up launching my own skincare brand. So I was making my own skincare. I wasn't like network marketing or selling for another company or anything. I was literally slaving in my kitchen, making my own skincare and shipping it out. And it just took off. And along the same time, I was learning a lot about mindset and manifestation because I was at a really low point in my life. So I was starting to turn things around in that sense. And I just started talking about it on TikTok. And I got a message one day and someone was like, Hey, like, how can I work with you? And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) And she was like, can you coach me? And up until that point, I'd heard of like life coaching, but I was like, coach like sports, like, what are you talking about? And I started working with her and her results kind of propelled me forward to 
open that door of opportunity. And I was faced with a fork in the road of, okay, do I keep making my scrubs? Cause at this point I had manifested or worked towards or built it up to be a six figure business. So I was like, do I manufacture them? Do I go all in on that? Or do I pivot and do something else? And I just had this this like fire telling me that more people needed to know about the mindset shifts that I had, a, I had really figured out. Um, so I pivoted and everyone thought I was insane. Everyone thought I was crazy. They thought I was stupid for abandoning this thing that I had been growing, but I went all in on mindset coaching and basically long story short, I love money. And that was what I really found that I was passionate about talking to women who wanted to create this idea of freedom in their life. Cause everyone that wanted to work on manifestation, it really came down to them wanting freedom. And that's where the business thing came in. And about a year and a half ago, I made the official pivot and started coaching more on business and personal brand. I love how you say, I love money. Cause I feel like there's so much <laughs> shame around like being like, I love money. I also love money. That's how I ended up in the space. It's so interesting. Cause there were so many like pivots and turns and like, you know, in those moments you're having this intuitive pull and you're like, I don't know if I should do it, but I do it anyways. Mm -hmm. What was the official pull to move into like business coaching? Well, I was coaching and I'm going to be really honest with you here. And a lot of people might not love this answer, but I was coaching a lot of women in mindset and emotionally it was just kind of taxing on me. I'm a very extroverted person. I'm very like upbeat. And if you hang out with me in real life, like I have just a lot of energy. And what I was finding was the mindset side of things was just kind of like weighing heavy on me. It was a lot of heavy conversations. And I felt like I was taking on the energy sometimes of the people that I was talking to. And I would get off calls being like, oh, you know, like exhausted. And then I was finding on calls with people. Like I had a few people that were building businesses and I have one client who's still with me today. She's one of my first clients and I helped her scale her income like $20,000 within one month. And I was like, woo. And like the energy on the call was amazing. She was happy. It was fun. And I was like, I got to lean more into this. Cause this is where I'm really shining. And that's what I did. Do you characterize yourself as like a highly sensitive person? Um, yes and no. I think, okay, like I'll watch any movie and anything with baby animals. I'm crying my eyes out. Whoa. Like I'm, I'm like emotionally sensitive like that, but I have very thick skin. So like hate comments, stuff like that. People trolling me on the internet. I don't give a fuck, but like I said, put a baby monkey or like an elephant on the screen and I'm in tears for hours. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I mean, when you're growing on TikTok, there are definitely trolls out there. Like that has been my experience on TikTok where it's just mm -hmm. like, wow, you'll say anything behind <laughs> profiles, which it blows my mind, but it's also, I feel like it's a part of the game when you grow anything with you and kind of doing this pivot. How have you seen kind of the change with like your content and like TikTok and those types of things? Well, I have a lot more energy making content. I find it more fun and it honestly comes naturally because I'm talking from my experience. So I was finding some resistance when I was doing the mindset and manifestation thing, because I love those things. I still love those things. I love talking about them, but I found it really hard to source information from myself besides bits and pieces of my story. So I was like looking externally for a lot of inspiration on things. And I was making content around a lot of the buzzwords like quantum leaping and blah, blah, blah. 
And now making my content is strictly just like downloads from my own brain. You know, it's things that I want to say, things that I like talking about. I like calling out the bullshit. I like using my client stories for content, all of those things. So it comes a lot more naturally now content wise. Yeah. I think that's where we had first connected on threads is you were just like very direct and to the point. And I was like, this is refreshing. I enjoy, yes. <laughs> like, I am also a very direct person and I think it can be hard sometimes to be direct. Something mm-hmm. that we mentioned kind of before we got on is that you have this like luxury brand and you have built, I literally, like, I think rich bitch energy. I think of you. Oh my God. That's the goal. So I love that success. I'll take the win. You're like, this is the whole brand. Yeah. (laughs) But something I also love about you is that you get down and dirty. Like you, I saw in your stories, like last night, you're like pushing some really long days, building out some of the stuff. Yeah, girl. How how do you kind of balance both? Cause also coming from like the manifestation point, like my biggest qualm that I've been vocal about is sometimes people don't take enough action because they're manifesting or they just want to, you know, hang out on their couch and be a luxury brand and make lots of money. How do you max both? <laughs> yeah. So another reason that I pivoted, there's like lots of reasons here, but I'm all for balancing your energies. I love feminine energy. I love the masculine energy. And I was just finding that in this mindset manifestation space, there's a lot of toxic feminine energy. And I don't even really love using that term, but it's the best way I can describe it. Like you are too far in your feminine that you just want to honestly have an excuse to be lazy. And I don't vibe with that. I'm all about like working hard for what you want. And I think there's a difference between working hard and burning out. You know, like I think, I think they're two different things because I do have balance. I do take days off sometimes. Like I do rest. I do listen to my body when I'm like, okay, I'm way too tired to work right now. But on the days, like last night, for example, I'm like, I'm on fire. I want to work hard. I want to dedicate myself to my business. I want to show up and do these things. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to be like, "Mm, I worked this many hours a day, like today. And that's enough, even though I'm on fire and I have things to say, like, no, my work day is over. I'm just going to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Like I would so much rather put my time into what I'm working on while my brain is hot and heavy on these things. And honestly, just push myself to show up even more because I think women just have so much and men too, I guess, I guess, but like women have so much untapped potential and they're wasting it because they're afraid of pushing and working hard and getting outside their, you know, feminine comfort zone. And I've seen it happen when women push themselves and they actually lean into that masculine side of things and they show up and they put a little elbow grease into their fucking business. And all of a sudden things start to shift and things start to work. I would like hundred percent agree. If you saw me nodding my head, there isn't like a, you don't need to gate your feminine energy. Like your feminine energy is really powerful. Like I cycle things. So it's like my luteal phase. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I am definitely going to take a nap today. That's just a part of the game when I'm on that. But it also doesn't mean that like, I'm not going to work hard or I'm going to take a full two weeks off. I think it becomes an excuse and that I grew up in a household where there really was no excuses. And so that's kind of like the hard ass in me. Like my granddad literally was a poor ranch boy, decided to join the army and then built this incredible life for himself. And my dad also, you know, he grew up with a dad who Mm -hmm. was in the army and was kind of a hard ass. And so that translated to learning how to work hard and understanding it. 
And there is a lot of untapped potential, not only from a monetary standpoint, but financial literacy, even businesses. And that's where I think I get frustrated with the manifestation space because it's like there, if you just push yourself a little bit harder, there's just so much more that can be possible. But I think people confuse getting uncomfortable and hard work with burnout. And those are two different things. Exactly. Exactly. I'm all for the hardworking women, honestly. Like I, nothing turns me on more than seeing a woman like kick ass in her business and then have the story to tell of like, yes, I was staying up late. I was putting effort into it. I got up early and I worked on this thing and I built it from the ground up and now it's this beast. And once you have those systems in place and you've put that effort in, okay, now we can maybe balance it out a little bit more and I can lean back because I have put in the work for it forget too that like we're in a very specific space like if we were in the traditional startup world which I think you experience more of that being in New York City versus me being in Colorado like most startups are not profitable in the first year Mm -hmm. or the first five like they are going back and having to get fundraising and like their big break most of the time for these companies is pushing for IPO and Mm -hmm. so it is a gift that we get an opportunity to be so profitable to have such low expenses But it's also like you don't have to take your foot off the pedal just because there is that opportunity. You mentioned something about burnout. What has been your personal experience with burnout? Um, Honestly, I haven't experienced it to the point of, like some people say, they want to actually burn their business down and like they can't take it anymore. I haven't reached that. And I, I empathize with people that have. However, I will say this, like, I have this vision of what I want to create and I'm working towards that every single day. I don't think I could get to the point of giving that up for fucking anything. Like I am so hell bent for glory on building this extraordinary life that I will work myself really hard, but then I have this balance of, okay, Dev, go to bed or like, okay, we'll sleep in a little bit in the morning. Cause I was up until whatever time at night. Um, but I've never gotten to the point of actually feeling burnout. I don't think, I mean, I guess it depends on what you define as burnout because I've been tired. I've cried. I've had mental breakdowns in my shower. I've complained to my boyfriend. I've said like, oh my God, is this even worth it? Can I do this? I'm having all these doubts. Like I've experienced that, but some people describe burnout as like, they can't go on anymore. Like they literally can't get up in the morning and sit at their desk and work on their business. And I've just never experienced that because I want it so fucking bad. Like I want this vision to come to life so bad that no amount of stress or being tired or feeling overworked is going to shake that out of balance. I think people forget that you have to want it. And that's where I think burnout comes in. I mean, my experience with burnout was like physical burnout and then it just I don't think I was fully burnt out on my business. It was just like, when I look back at it, my experience with burnout directly related to the people around me. Um, I don't think we knew each other at this time frame or like knew of each other, but when I was going through burnout in 2021 and at the end of 2020, there was this huge expectation from the family of me to like basically build something that could pay for a wedding and pay for a house and do all these things. And then it was like a ticking time bomb of like, I had to exit And there wasn't a lot of grace as me being a founder of like, oh, I have to work late or, oh, I can't. His family lived like 45 minutes from my house and they wanted me at dinner like three times a week. And so it was just a lot of external pressure 
where mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget that like you have to also say no as you're building a business and it sucks it's not oh yeah <laughs> it's not the best moment to be like yeah I can't go out and do this or hey like balling on a budget kind of because you know I'm building this business and I can't right. just everything out of it but I think a lot of people need to realize that like burnout is caused by doing too much of the wrong things and also not holding a vision of like what you want. Cause like when you talk about your vision, I get chills. I also get this like vision of you being in like an all white outfit and like holding a mic on stage, <laughs> like Gwyneth Paltrow starting goop vibes, but not like what goop is currently. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, so while you were saying that, it just got me thinking about sacrifice a little bit. Cause people say like, there's two sides of it. I feel like some people are like, you have to sacrifice everything for your business. Like you have to live on the streets and eat ramen and like not have any kind of life while you're building your business. And then there's this polar opposite side. That's like, I'm not sacrificing anything. Like I will keep living my life and my business will grow around it. And like, that's more the feminine energy side of things. And I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I, I don't feel completely one way or the other, but I don't know if you follow Brad Leah. I low-key love learning from men sometimes, which like I love gasp, that. Like gasp, right? But I love learning from them. And I think that more women could learn a lot for them. That's another story. But anyway, Brad Leah said something one time. He was speaking on stage for something, and I just have this video saved on my phone. And he was like, if you don't sacrifice for your vision, your vision's going to become the sacrifice. So either way, you're paying for it. And I was like, oh, baby, like, that's what I love. Cause I think there is an element of sacrifice, whether like, I'm not saying you have to give up your entire life or like sell your house and go live on the sidewalk, but sometimes it is saying no to things. And that is the sacrifice, right? Sometimes it's time. And I've, I find that so powerful and I wish more people would take that seriously and listen to it because I think they would scale faster. I like the, first of all, I like Bradley. I had to like, look him up really fast. I was like, wait, I know this name, but I like need to see faces. I'm a very like visual person in that aspect. One, I also agree with like learning from men and really looking at some of these icons. Like I remember this is a little off topic, but I read Ray Dalio's book and he ran Bridgewater. Me and my boyfriend actually read it together. Cause he drives around all day. And sometimes he listens to audiobooks. It's so cute. But <laughs> There is a lot to learn from men and what they've sacrificed because a lot of times we look at it and we look at the masculine energy and we're like, oh, well, you're a man, you can do it different. You don't have a cycle. Like we basically negate all their success, but it's like, sometimes these men are giving up time with their families, time with their wives, like doing these things. But the bigger picture is always like, begin with the end in mind. Like Stephen Covey always says, you know, if your goal is to build this massive business, then okay, you're not going to give up every moment of your life. You know, we're not going to go like, who is it? Alex Hornworthy, where he talked about how he only ate Chipotle for like two years while he was building his company and some of the things he does. It's like, there is a middle ground with it. It's just also finding that middle ground of like, where are you getting soft? You know? Yes. Oh my God. Scream it from the rooftops. (laughs) you know, I got a little soft this summer and I like, this is my public declaration of like, I was soft. I wasn't using my schedule. I wasn't waking up early. Mm -hmm. I was kind of working out whenever. And it's like, I find so much freedom in discipline because there is a little bit of sacrifice in discipline and discipline as someone who's neurodivergent can feel harder sometimes. Cause it's like, I really don't want to do this. And I don't have any, yeah. I don't have any latent gratification. There's none in my brain. Like it's like, right. dopamine, let's go. But it's also like, you know, if 
there was an opportunity for you to build this massive thing and you just had to roll up your sleeves and work a little bit harder, you would do it. You would show up more. It's just, where do you hold yourself back? Right. And like, do you see a difference in not only your business performance? Cause obviously when you have some discipline, like you're getting shit done, you're checking shit off your list, but like, do you also see a difference in your happiness and like your stress levels and just overall well-being? Because when, I mean, I've had moments of being soft before too. I think everyone has, I think we've all had the moment of like, okay, get yourself together. And when I am disciplined and when I am doing shit and when I am a little bit hard on myself, I'm way happier. I definitely see a difference. I wouldn't say that like, so I had a very critical inner voice up until I went to therapy. So I'm not like talking to myself negatively. I think there's a very fine line between it, but I think there's also a moment where it's like, you know, your own potential and it's also getting out of the mindset. It's really easy to compare yourself in the online space and be like, oh, Deb's doing this and she's growing this and she's signing these clients. And when you put some discipline in, it doesn't like, like, I love you and I love your stuff, but it's like, it doesn't matter what you do when I'm trying mm-hmm. to get myself better. And then it becomes less of a conversation of like, what is everybody else doing? That's like, no, this is me versus me. And how can I slowly improve every single day? How can the business continue to improve? And how can I, you know, if you do everything you need to do in a day, you can have that time come five, five thirty, six, whatever your time is you shut off and then you go rest. And that's where I think a lot of people struggle with the feminine flow is because it carries into everything. If you only work when you want, you're working all the time. Totally. Oh my God. Okay. Perfect time to share something with you. Um, I am a very competitive person straight up. And like a lot of people in our space talk about like, I'm not in competition with anyone but myself. I'm not competing with you because we can all win. Yes. So true. Totally agree. But I grew up a competitive gymnast, like competing for the state of Massachusetts, and I've always been very competitive. And I think that just comes sometimes with athletics or like, it's just part of who you are, whatever. And instead of trying to suppress that and being like, no bad, like you don't be competitive with anyone but yourself. I think there's ways to like embrace that without necessarily comparing yourself. So over the weekend, I went to an event, Ashley Bennington's conference and Kate Perkovic was there and she's actually my new mentor, but I asked her this question and I was like, how do you balance being competitive? Cause she's also pretty masculine in her business, which is why I love her so much. But she, I was like, how do you balance being competitive without comparing? And she gave me literally the best answer ever. So I feel like I can share it. Um, she said, comparing yourself is not worth your time. One, because you never know what's going on in someone else's business. Someone could be making a hundred thousand dollar months and like, yes, they've earned the the right to say, okay, I did a hundred K cash month or whatever. But what you're not seeing is maybe their clients are suing them or people are canceling their memberships or they don't get along with their clients. Like there's a million other things. They could literally be in the negative and still be bringing in a hundred K cash month. So there's that, like, you never know what's going on. But also instead of competing with other people's milestones and successes, compete with their work ethic. And I was like, oh shit, I love that. And she was like, I'm not going to compete with you because you're making X amount of money or you are hitting this goal or whatever. I'm not going to be like, oh, now I have to do that too. I'm going to say, oh shit, Megan's been showing up on live every day this week. I better get my ass in gear and get on live. Megan's been pumping out content. I better make some content too. 
and you can compete with people that way. And it's honestly a healthy way to feed that competitive nature because you keep yourself going and you hold yourself accountable by looking at what other people are doing in a great way, instead of, you know, the way that everyone thinks about it with like, oh, I'm comparing myself and you put yourself down and all of that. Yeah. That's a very Kate answer. I worked with Kate back in 2021 and it's a Mm -hmm. very Kate answer. I think when it comes to work ethic too, a lot of people think that it's like, it's the myth of natural, right? You're either really hardworking or you're not. And it's not actually the case. I don't honestly believe that entrepreneurs are born. I think they're made. I think there's a lot of moments where you have to dig deep and really pull. And it's like Mm -hmm. the work ethic I had three years ago was strong. Like she was hungry, but I run circles around her now without even trying. And that's the thing I think a lot of people struggle with too, is like, you do have to have work ethic in owning a business. You do have to have self-discipline. You also have to sit down and say, am I being reactive and just responding to my business every day? And what, you know, what feels good picking kind of that victim mindset or, you know, one thing happens and it derails your whole day. Or is it like, Am I going to be proactive? Am I going to use some emotional intelligence and be like, yeah, that really sucks. Feel my feelings, but then move on. And I think that's where a lot of business owners are struggling too. And they see that and they compare the results to the results versus comparing to like, hey, you know, sometimes I do get up at 6 a.m. still and crank out some work. Sometimes there are some Saturday sessions here and there, but it's also like, I know at the end of the day, things are going to be different in five, 10, 15 years. Yeah, totally. It's, it's evolving. It's always evolving. And I think you develop so many skills as entrepreneurs too. Like you never know what your business is going to throw at you and what you have to overcome. So I would totally agree with you in the sense that I'm a completely different person than I was a few years ago, even though she was hungry, even though she wanted it, but I've sat down with myself a fair share of times and asked myself like, how bad do you want it? And how bad is the situation you're actually in right now? Like, is this worth completely derailing yourself? Or like, do you want it bad enough that you can, you can figure out a solution? You can find, you can find an answer. I was on a call with uh, Demi last week and she was kind of talking about that too, where it's like, you'll figure it the fuck out. And that's what people forget. Like there are probably few problems I've encountered and I've encountered a lot in the last couple of years where it's like either a, I can't figure it out. And then I go to someone who figures it out or B I do. It's just like, it's that resiliency. It's that tough muscle. You know, it's, it's the David Goggins and uh, what is it? Andy Frisella, the 75 Mm -hmm. hard mentality that I think a lot of people struggle with too. Yeah, definitely. I love that. And I think we are problem solvers. I mean, fucking obviously if you're an entrepreneur you have to solve problems that's literally the definition and that's what we do but like you said there's there's rarely a time where you don't know the answer and it's more your brain instead looking for an easy way out and saying you don't know how to do it I don't know how I don't know how yes the fuck you do like if I if I gun to your head was like create this business or solve this problem you're going to figure it out. Even if it's that, even if it's finding somebody who does have the answer, that is still the solution, right? You're still figuring it out. You're still finding some kind of an answer. So I think we just know so much more than we give each other, give ourselves credit for. Um, but I, I do think it's something that you figure out along the way and you get better at, you get better at solving problems. You get quicker at solving problems, but it's a part of the game. Yeah. What would you say to someone if maybe they're kind of on the other edge and the fire isn't really lit in their business right now and you want to like, they want to like relight it. Literally, how bad do you want it? (laughs) 
because I don't think that's something that I can give you as a coach. It's not something you can give your clients. Like you can't want it more than them. Right. So if that's not there and they have a vision of what they want to create and they don't want it bad enough, they're never going to want it bad enough. They're never going to take the action. They're never going to do the thing if they don't have something that's motivating themselves. And I think that's what a lot of people kind of fuck up. Like they think when they hire a coach or they start working with something, everything's going to change and they're going to have this newfound sense of like success, but you really have to want it bad, I think. So if someone is struggling with that motivation, I would challenge them to sit down and paint that vision again. Like what kind of life do you want and how bad do you want that? Is it worth all of these challenges that you're going to face? Because if not, then you have to rethink things. Yeah. I remember I was on a call one time and my client was like, can you remind me to do something before she got the thing out? I was like, no. (laughs) Yeah, no. She was like, well, I want you to, and I was like, no. I was like, it's not my job to hold you accountable. You hold yourself accountable. It's not my job to motivate you. You motivate yourself. And I remember kind of the looks and I've talked about it online and people are like, what? And I'm like, I can't internally motivate you. Like literally human behavior says, I cannot do it. You have to want it for yourself. And hiring a coach isn't a magic solution. It is nice to have, you know, kind of that safety net when self-doubt creeps in or when something creeps in, but it's also like, you know, you don't go to the gym and expect your trainer to tell you to eat. Like your trainer's not coming to your house and being like, eat this carrot. Right. Spoon feeding you. Yeah. I mean, if you have a trainer who does that, like you're in a different tax bracket than me right now. But that's the other thing too, is the reward isn't in, oh, tell me to do this. And then I go do it. The reward is doing it. And then being able to see the results and like share that you did it. And it wasn't someone else like creation. I think the other thing a lot of people forget is like, you can dream really, really big. It doesn't have to be this Mm -hmm. small mom and pop style business that only makes, you know, a hundred K a year, you can dream to have the six or, you know, the seven multiple six or seven figure, even eight figure business in the world that we live in. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I say that to my clients all the time. Um, I actually had a client come to me and I was like, so what's your goal? Like five months, what's your goal? And she was like, oh, I'd like to sign three clients and, you know, make X amount a month or whatever. And I'm like, okay, what? Like three clients. That's your goal. If that's your top goal, we have a lot to work on because that's just not how I roll in my business. And I mean, there are coaches that are going to help you get there. There are coaches where they're going to help you like develop the side hustle, get a little bit of extra money on the side, like have a little side business, whatever there are coaches for you. Personally, I'm just not in, I'm not interested in it. I'm interested in like, what's your goal in five months? I want to sign 50 clients. I want to sign 30 clients. I want to, you know, whatever. And if we don't hit that in five months, if you're taking action to reach that goal, you're going to be a hell of a lot further than three fucking clients. As Albert Einstein always says, I should just get this tattooed on my forehead, but I'd never <laughs> get a face tattoo, even though technically I have a face tattoo. Cause I have a tattoo behind my ear. <laughs> Compound interest is the eight wonder of the world. Y'all. So many of you are like looking at the end result and not realizing that the daily actions is what creates it. And if you're like running towards that goal with some casual stops, because even marathons have rests, mm-hmm. you're going to be a lot farther. Like Dev said, in five months, when you're running towards a high goal, than when you're not, I remember when I did hundred K in sales in 90 days in 2020, and everybody thought I was crazy. 
once I talked about it, I didn't talk to people about it when I started. And I remember like, it was like, oh my God, like how the fuck am I going to do this? And then it was like a $20,000 launch. It was a $45,000 backend launch. It was like, things were moving so much faster because I was chasing that goal and I did get it. But if I would have just been like, mm, I want to make $10,000 in three months, like I would have <laughs> done it in like 10 days at that point. Literally. Yeah. Go bigger. Like it's one of those things that I think we hear so much that we're kind of numb to. And I think there's a lot of those scenarios of talking about this on my live this morning, but like, I think we hear a lot of really, really, really impactful and great advice, but we hear the same words every single day that we're numb to. And it goes right over our head. So like go bigger, get in the room, get uncomfortable. We hear like those three things all the fucking time, but if you actually took them and listened to them and really digested what they meant and implemented all of it, you would be so far ahead. So like go bigger in the sense of what is your goal now and triple it and take action to get that and see where you land. I always think about my boyfriend and I go to Pilates together Mm -hmm. and when I'm having like a really hard day. So my boyfriend, I don't talk a lot about him because one, he has a really Google last name and he didn't sign up for social media and two, no, he likes his life. But as a child, he was a nationally ranked athlete. And so he has a lot of muscle still left over, even though it's been a long time since he has been athletic. And mm-hmm. he'll always tell me, he'll be like, I'll be like in Pilates and I'll be like struggling because Pilates is fucking hard. Facts, facts. Yeah. And he'll be like, go muscles, go. And it's like, sometimes you just have to like go. You just have to do it. It's always funny because he calls me muscles and I'm like, thanks. I'm like, look at <laughs> even though they're non-existent but the thing is is like you do have to have that internal chatter of like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna show up it's working out in my favor you know people are always listening people are still buying in the summer in the recession whatever you want to claim it it's just like what is the energy that you're showing up to with that vision yeah 100 it's the rich bitch way <laughs> it's the rich bitch way you mentioned that you love Brad Leah who are some other people content creators, people on TikTok, people in our space, who do you love to consume? Um, I obviously love Kate, but I'm a huge Goggins fan. I love Gary Vee. I love Brad Leah. I even love Grant Cardone. <laughs> like anyone who has that masculine edge to them, woman or not, but then I'll turn around and also say like, I love Sarah Blakely, obviously who doesn't, but anyone who has that kind of masculine, like go-getter edge, I can't get enough of. It fires me up every time. I love David Goggins. I would probably cry on him. Same. I think that's honestly one person in the world. I feel like I would get starstruck because I don't feel like I would meet a celebrity and be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But I think I would be that way if I met him. Have you read his books? I have read You Can't Hurt Me. I haven't read his newest one yet. I'm reading it right now and it's unreal. So I highly recommend, but something about the way that he presents himself is like kicks my ass every time and makes my problem seem so small. And I think sometimes we need that honestly, because I think there's a lot of, um, like inflating your problems in order to kind of escape them and take the easy way out and read his books. And all of a sudden those things are going to seem very, very solvable and very small in a good way. He has like a standard infantry army mindset, which I don't think a lot of people encounter. I wouldn't know it if I didn't live near one of the largest installations in America. And like, literally, if you swipe through Tinder here, it's like every third man military. 
like army. And then it's like on the other side, it's like, okay, you don't want army. We got air force. You don't want air force. Well, now we have space force. So like, if you're into military men, Colorado Springs is the place. Wow. New York is not. <laughs> yeah. No, the only one they have up there is Fort drum, but I think New York city, of- you're getting, you're getting the wall street boys suits I could be down for some suits (laughs) you get the suits for sure yeah if you haven't read David Goggins I remember I listened to you can't hurt me and there are a few times where I'm like listen to the audiobook versus reading it but in the audiobook he actually he'll he wrote it with a ghostwriter and him and the ghostwriter will sit down he'll read the chapter and then they talk about the chapter debrief it's actually really good I might do a second pass at it Oh, I didn't know that. I was curious because I'm, I'm like a very big book person. I like to sit down and hold a book and read it. So I know a lot of, a lot of people love audiobooks, but I just have a squirrel brain. And I feel like if I were listening to an audiobook and like doing other things, I wouldn't consume the book, but I didn't listen to that one in particular because someone had recommended doing the audio version. And I was like, I don't know if I would want to listen to it if it's not in his voice (laughs) yeah if it's not in his voice I want nothing to do with it I am just like a non-discriminatory all-consumer audiobooks regular books not just nonfiction. you ever want to talk smutty romance I'm your girl oh same girl that's literally my favorite kind of book honestly this episode has been so good I think I need to go back and listen to some of it (laughs) you have coming in the pipeline and oh my god I have a lot so obviously you saw me up late last night working on this free offer I have coming out and putting the last pieces together it's not necessarily an offer as much as it's a thing (laughs) it's a thing a free thing that I'm working on but um in bigger picture RBA is going to be launching it again so Rich Bitch Academy is my signature program it's where we balance identity and strategy so that's going to be launching again so that's like the big thing that's coming up and then I leave for Italy next week oh my god I know I'm so jealous so that's what I got going on yes and we'll link your Instagram down below we'll link RBA we'll link the free offer and everything else Dev thanks for being on thanks so much